the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Thursday, November the 12th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today on November 12, 1948, former Japanese Premier Hideki Tojo, he and several other World War II Japanese leaders were sentenced to death by a war crimes tribunal. <clears throat> Today in 1867, Mount Vesuvius erupted. Today in 1923, Adolf Hitler was arrested. He was attempting a German coup, going to take over a little earlier than he was scheduled to by anybody, by all accounts. Kind of like Joe Biden, actually. No, I'm not making a comparison there, but Joe's been doing a lot to uh, take over the presidency, even though he is not yet there. I think he knows that. He slipped yesterday, as a matter of fact. He was talking and having a difficult time communicating, to be honest with you, and he often does if he gets off a few lines that are highly scripted, and these were not. But he said something about, to the effect of, if I become president, and he didn't mean to say that, if I'm elected, I think is what he said. He didn't mean to say that, and you could see the recognition in his eyes when he realized he had said that, and he quickly covered that and moved on, but those are the days in which we live. Today, in 1927, Joseph Stalin became the undisputed ruler of the Soviet Union. Leon Trotsky was expelled from the Communist Party. Today, in 1968, the Supreme Court voided an Arkansas law banning the teaching of evolution in public schools. 1968. Today, 1975, Supreme Court Justice William O. Douglas, he retired because of failing health. That ended a record 36-year term on the Supreme Court of the United States. William O. Douglas, I don't think he was born in Washington State, but he spent a lot of time here in the state, in Washington State. He had a house, I've mentioned this before, but it's kind of a memory that I have from my childhood. My dad and I used to go fishing up through the in the mountains out of Yakima up into Natchez and all those areas and uh, we would go by this place where he had this house the Goose Prairie I know about Goose Prairie Washington my dad would always point out we'd drive by and he'd say Gary Supreme Court of the United States has a house back there I'd say really yep William O. Douglas I heard that little talk as many times as we went fishing Today, in 1987, the American Medical Association, they issued a public policy statement saying it was unethical for a doctor to refuse to treat someone solely because the person had AIDS or was HIV positive. Ten years ago today, the Supreme Court allowed the Pentagon to continue preventing openly gay people from serving in the military while a federal appeals court reviewed the don't ask, don't tell policy. You may remember that policy was rescinded. It was. Happened in 2011. 
One year ago today, the Supreme Court said a survivor of the Newtown, Connecticut school shooting, relatives of victims, could be could pursue their lawsuit against Remington Arms. That's the maker of the rifle that was used to kill the 26 people. That's getting pretty concerning when the Supreme Court rules in that way. When I mean, you can sue the arms makers for by if someone uses that. I mean, how far can you go with that if someone uses you know, a, a utensil from the from the table to beat somebody, stab somebody to death? Can you sue, you know, the maker of the knives and forks? I mean, there's no end to where that can go. But anyway, they made that decision, that ruling, one year ago today. We live in some unbelievable times. There's no question about it. One of the things that we're facing here in America today is suppression. We're hearing a lot about suppression of vote and and that kind of thing. And and I personally believe there was a lot of that in this last election. The pollsters kept telling America that Biden was going to win by 16, 17 points. Really, they were. And it was on the news just incessantly. The news people just stumbled all over themselves, repeating that again and again and again. Every newscast was saying, you know, such and such a poll has Joe Biden up by eight points, by 13, one, as I said, 16 points, 17 points at one point. He was never up that much, really, in the minds of the American people. It was a close race. There's no question about that in this last vote. But he was never up that much. And even the people that were propagating that have a smirky look on their face when they say, well, we could have been wrong a little bit. But what happens is that they are paid regardless of the outcome of any election, and they do have a bias, and they're paid by someone who also has an has a bias and an agenda. So we were getting all these polls, and that did suppress people, if not directly, indirectly, because it discouraged people in America from even voting in some cases, although the, the vote was historic in numbers. But we have been through and are still in this time in America where you, I don't know about you, but I know I feel that way. And I think a lot of people do. You hear something and you, you think, now, wait a minute, you know, is that true or not? I mean, you, you begin to question at a much higher level. I think you should. I think in that context is when we can expect and, and call on the, the gifts of, of the spirit in our lives as Christians, God can give us a spirit of discernment. We can know. We don't have to research everything, although I'm into research. Boy, you have no idea how much I research time I spend on this program. And I think you do, and many of you mention it. But we do it because this is important. You're important. You tune in to listen, and we've done our homework. You may disagree with us, but we're not just chit-chatting about you know, have a good day. That's important. But there is a point where we we must reach beyond just human knowledge. And we must ask God for discernment, to know things. The Spirit of God can lead us and guide us. The Bible is full of teaching along those lines that God 
God can speak to our hearts and guide our hearts. We're often mocked by the current, you know, crop of progressives out there. I mean, especially like The View on, you know, on ABC and all these. I mean, they're always knocking Christians and they've forever, uh, The View is an example, but they're certainly not the only one. They've forever been kind of mocking Mike Pence. And I, I've heard a number of clips. I don't watch the show, but I pay attention to what they say and, and a lot of other TV shows as well. But they'll, they'll, the most recent one was here a while back. Mike Pence had been talking about, you know, praying and, and you know, hearing from God. He was quoting uh, from the Bible, some are paraphrasing from the Bible. And they were saying, can you believe this guy? He actually says he talks to God. Who does he think he is? And that was the the kind of the train of thinking. And then somebody on The View, one of the other women, Whoopi Goldberg or, or somebody said, well, it's worse than that. He claims that God talks to him, and they laughed and laughed and laughed and so on. But that's kind of the tone in our culture today, particularly in these times when the left is thinking that they have seized the leadership in the most powerful nation, in the most free and prosperous nation on the planet. So that's where we are today. And I think we just need to to ask the Lord for discernment as well as just peace and comfort. Because there are a lot of reasons to be really stressed out in today's world. We've got to be informed. If I didn't believe that deeply, I wouldn't do what we do on this program. If I thought it was better just to kind of cover our head and go in a cave and I don't want to know what's going on, you know, I don't want to know anything, I'll be happier, I'll be more peaceful. No, you won't. The Bible is very clear on that, that we are to be informed. We are to know. And history certainly affirms what the Bible says. Those who do not know history are destined to see it repeated in the most negative ways in their life experience. So... Those are the days in which we're in, but don't be discouraged. Don't let these days really get on you as like a weight or a burden because God is God is in control of all things, regardless of where all this goes. I, I mean, I don't know. I know there are those claiming they know exactly where this is going. Maybe they do. I, I don't know. But God hasn't given me that revelation. But I'll tell you what God has given me. That is an absolute faith that God is in control, and that we are held in the palm of his hand. I'm absolutely sure I would live and die on that truth. That is the truth of God's word. And I believe that God can give us discernment and revelation in our own lives, and we can have insights, and we can understand, and we can see, and we can accommodate and adjust to whatever happens in our culture today. Newt Gingrich is a very outspoken guy, and he was—he talks every time he's given an opportunity, and I listen to him every time I know he's speaking. I'm interested in what he has to say. One thing is clear. You're not going to muzzle Newt Gingrich and how he feels about this 2020 election. He kind of brought out a flamethrower the other day. He was on uh, on the media. It was Sunday, actually, of the, just last Sunday. And... Um, he was talking about how that the left is trying to suppress us, and he got off on Fox News. He was on Fox News a while back. It was like a week or so ago. I mentioned it on the day that it happened. 
And he was talking about the fact that George Soros was heavily funding Democrats in the local races of the election, this, this last election. And that's true. I mean, it's verifiable. He is. And Newt was talking about this. It wasn't like some conspiracy theory. And Fox shut him down. I mean, literally, they, they challenged him and then shut him down and said, well, we're going to move on. We're not going to discuss that on the air. Well, Gingrich hasn't gotten over that, nor should he. He didn't hold back. So he was talking about that, and he was talking about the current race that isn't completed yet, even though Biden is declaring himself to be president. And he added that Democrats stole Newt Gingrich, former Speaker of the House. Democrats stole five or six states. He said the legal fight should carry on, and rightfully so. He said, we have allegations of voter fraud that are serious. We have dead people showing, <clears throat> showing up to vote. Excuse me. Um, Tucker Carlson was talking about that last night on his program. There are thousands of dead people who voted in this election. He said, Newt said, we have a United States postal worker who overheard a scheme to illegally backdate ballots. And no, he did not recant. This guy came out and made a statement, this uh, postal worker, very articulate and very concisive, I mean, very direct. He, he knew his facts. He knew what he had seen. And right after that, the, the press was putting out this story, that was earlier this week, that, that he had recanted and said, well, I just made that up. He didn't do it. He came back again and said, no, I didn't make that up. I saw that, and I stand by what I said. So that's what Newt is referring to. And um, he said this postal worker has not recanted. He said that's fake news that he did. Then Newt said there are reports about scores of ballots in Georgia that have been flagged over a change of address issue. He said there's a lot of funny business going on in which the Department of Justice is now throwing its weight concerning looking into those allegations. That's not to say that this will flip some states, but it could toss some fraudulent ballots, chip away at Biden's lead, and make 2020 a whole new ballgame. Then he said this, and I had not heard this uh, before. He used a football analogy, and he said, we still are in Hail Mary territory. That means at the end of the game, the quarterback throws the ball all the way down the field into the end zone and hopes one of his guys catches it, and that could win the game. That's what, for those of you who don't care about football, that's what Newt's referring to. He said, I mean, fourth and forever on our own 10-yard line. Again, that's, that's football. But he said there's a chance in this election. Here's what Newt Gingrich said. And again, he, he's a seasoned politician, was Speaker of the House. He said, all we need is around 50,000 Biden votes to be invalidated in Arizona, Georgia, and Wisconsin for this to become very interesting. He said it would be a 269-269 electoral college tie between Trump and Biden, which would lead to a contingent election in the House of Representatives. I had not heard this before. I'll be honest with you. But he said that would lead to a contingent election in the House of Representatives. Votes are cast, he said, by state delegation in the House. And he said, according to the where, where we are today, he said the GOP leads 26 to 23 in state delegation in the House of Representatives. The Republicans do not have the majority, but they have the majority of the contingent election in the House. And he said, that's what the Constitution reads. That's the way it works. And should that become, should there be a, 
an electoral college tie, 269 to 269. He said the GOP leads 26 to 23. They would make that decision. Very interesting. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I'm saying it's a possibility. And I said that because the, the, the press, the news, tries to depress anybody and everybody who isn't buying into Joe Biden and what he's doing. He's assuming the role of president long before he has been given by the people, we the people, the office of president. Thank you for your support of this ministry. We need your support. Each month we need it. We depend on it. You are our only source of paying our bills, and you know that. And I want to thank you for standing with us. We need you. We thank the Lord for you daily. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Or you can go to our website, faithandfreedom.us. And uh, the first thing you'll see is the daily article that I wrote for that day, this day. If you go on there today, I would encourage you to do that. This is a good day for you to go on there and make a contribution. You'll see a tab that says Donate. Click that, and you're in. And a lot of you, more and more of you are using that, actually, and a lot of you are. So thank you so much for your support. It is deeply appreciated. We could not do this without you. A few years ago, Dr. Zeke Emanuel wrote an article in The Atlantic. It's far left, but it's widely read. It's an old, old publication in America. In fact, it was um, used by people during the Civil War as as a vehicle to get, get their message out. It used to be pretty conservative. Now it's far left. But he wrote this, this article, Dr. Zeke Emanuel. It was titled, Why I Hope to Die at 75. Well, <laughs> why are you bringing that up, Gary? Well, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about that because it's relevant to today. I mean, this day, today. We wouldn't care much about what Dr. Zeke Emanuel thought if Joe Biden would have announced this week that Dr. Emanuel will be advising him on medical issues, specifically on how the government should handle the COVID-19 virus and the distribution of vaccines when they are available, among other life-saving issues. Joe Biden may not become the president of the United States, but that isn't settled yet. And just to give us a look at where the left is coming from, regardless, take Joe Biden out of the picture. This is pervasive. This kind of thinking is pervasive in the left. There are two very different worldviews in this in this world, and there are only two. One is a world vision, a, a worldview of of looking at life through the lens of God as Creator and God's Word as absolute infallible truth. All other worldviews can be bundled into one, the exclusion of God. And therefore, you have some form of idols or self-worship or whatever, and all of these other categories are folded into the other worldview. We call it a secular worldview, but some of it is very religious and spiritual, but it has nothing to do with God. And we get a look at when these people surface, we get a look at what they really believe. And this guy is not the only one that believes this. 
If you're wondering if other people actually believe this, just remember the death with dignity, the assisted suicide matter. I traveled all over Washington State with doctors from the Christian Medical Association. They were in the state. They were out here working with us. Man, I was in so many churches. I, I can't. I mean, I don't know how many we were in, and I was, I'd was give a talk, and then the doctor I was with would give a talk, and we'd say, don't do assisted suicide. It's a slippery slope. It's a bad thing. And it was, it was approved by the voters of Washington State and all around the country. Mostly, wherever assisted suicide has been put forward, people have, people have made it the law. It is not a good thing. Because man is basically flawed by sin. And the argument for that is incredible. And this is where this guy is coming from. If Joe Biden would become president, he'll be advising him. <laughs> if you're over 75, you're not worth very much. I mean, and I'm not exaggerating that. So we wouldn't care about what Dr. Zeke Emanuel thinks otherwise, but we should at least give it a look. He said in his article, he said, that's how long I want to live, 75 years. He noticed that his beliefs drove some of his family crazy. They said, Dad, Dad, we don't want his daughters and so on. We don't want you to die at 75. We'll miss you and so on. But he said, he said this, and I quote him. He said, but here is the simple truth that many of us seem to resist. Living too long is also a loss. It renders many of us, if not disabled, then faltering and declining a state that may not be worse than death, but is nonetheless deprived. It robs us of our creativity and ability to contribute to work, society, and the world. He said it transforms how people experience us, relate to us, and most important, remember us. We are no longer remembered as vibrant and engaged, but as feeble, ineffectual, even pathetic. I just want to tell you that If any of you are over 75, I don't see you as that way. You better not look at me that way. I am over 40, but let's not take this too far. In the mind of this doctor, if you're over 75 because you're not vibrant and engaged, you're pathetic. That is what they believe. Really, it is. This is the main truth that's presented by those, as I said, that are advocating this assisted suicide and all. But why is he and why is Biden? Why would Biden choose him as a medical advisor? Should he become president? That is his belief is embedded in the secular progressive ideology. They don't value life like biblical Christians. People with a biblical worldview do that. That's the bottom line. Dr. Emanuel is not an epidemiologist. He's not a virologist. He's an oncologist. I guess he's pretty good. He's pretty well-known, but he's well-known for a number of reasons. The best answer of why he's probably, you know, picked by Biden is the familiarity. Zeke, as he's known, is a brother of former Obama White House chief of staff and now former Chicago mayor, all-around Democrat activist Rahm Emanuel. You remember him. He was in the White House with Obama. Then he, he resigned after a period of time as chief of staff ran for the mayor of Chicago, was mayor of Chicago, now is the former mayor. But his political connections don't bother me as much. I mean, that's probably why Joe knows Zeke so well. But none of this could be comforting to seniors and who are the most 
vulnerable to the virus. In late March, Emmanuel was on cable TV, one of the news stations, not Fox. He predicted that 100 million Americans would be infected. He said this, it's on the record, would be infected with the coronavirus within four weeks. Real Clear Politics observed four weeks later that he was off by 99,111,291. The press repeatedly reported that a majority of seniors would be drawn to Biden in this election. They were told that Biden is the person that will take care of you. But the exit polling shows that the opposite happened. Older people said, I don't think so. And they voted for Trump. The problem is obvious, but what is the solution to all of this? Should Biden be honestly and duly elected to be the president? And that's a possibility. It's out there. God is in control of this. But I will tell you, and it's far more uncertain that Biden wants you to believe in his minions that are out there talking to every TV camera in America, and the cameras are available for sure. But guys like Dr. Emanuel and others will be informing him on those, these kinds of decisions. And Biden is probably not at his sharpest point in his life cognitively. So the runoff in Georgia, you hear about the two Senate seats in Georgia? Let me just tell you how important that is. It's probably the most important thing politically and culturally that's going on right now. They're going to have this runoff in January. The two Republicans make the difference between the Senate be having a majority Republican and not having a majority Republican. You'll see this election on the news a lot. They will, the, the press will take the same tactics to suppress it and win it for the Democrats that they did for Joe Biden. But keep in mind, pray about that election, because that is very important, that the Republicans keep control of the Senate, because the Senate can be a real roadblock to all of this other stuff should Biden actually become the President of the United States. So many people look to so many of the little gods but today is a day to turn our hearts, our eyes, our thoughts to the Lord. God has promised us again and again that he will never leave us nor forsake us. God has promised that he has a plan. The prophet said that. He has a plan, Jeremiah. He has a plan. It's for good, not for evil. He told Israel that, but he preserved those words for us today as well. He has a plan. God is working for good. God loves you. He loves me. He loves each of us. <clears throat> I notice Franklin Graham has been talking more about this recently. He has a large platform. A lot of people listen to Franklin Graham, even those who hate him. And there certainly are those who do. They listen. Other pastors have been talking about this as well. They've been saying, just trust the Lord. We don't know. We can't keep up with all the events as they're cascading, mostly <clears throat> many of them in the, regarding the press in the dark. People, people, it's hard to know what's really happening. It's hard to know what's really up in our world today. We'll continue each day on this program to give you the, the latest and the most up-to-date on what's happening. But the most important thing that I have to say today and each day as we go forward, is that God is in control. 
And that's not a new update. That's an old truth. Heaven and earth is going to pass away, but the word of God will never pass away. So stand firm. Don't be stressed out. Trust the Lord, and we'll see what happens. God is in control.